0: Welcome back to a special holiday episode of the Sober Motivation Podcast. We are lucky to be joined by the entire Sober Buddy crew to help you bring in another sober new year. Incredible stuff. It's been a great year. It's been a great year for all of us here at Sober Buddy. I hope that it's been a great year for you as well. When I think of New Year's, I think about looking back and reflecting to what went right and maybe what didn't go so right in the previous year so that I can make some changes going into the new year. I'm not a huge goal setter, but my main goal this year, and it has ever since I started on my sober journey, is to stay sober because I know if I am able to do that one thing, that 99.9% of other things in my life will fall into place in a good way, even though life will still happen. So, yeah, a big part of the new year for me is just staying sober. And I know if I'm able to do that, then other things are going to fall into place. So we've got Dave from the Dopey Podcast here with us today. Dave, what is your outlook on the new year?
1: I'm so excited about the new year, like, to be honest with you. It's like, uh, first of all, I'm excited to be on the Sober Motivation Podcast. It's like I've been pining away for this for months. Here it is. It's finally happening. I don't want this to be a big letdown. Often New Year's. Is a big letdown, right? Like New Year's can be fucking depressing. I don't know. Can I curse on the sober motivation podcast? You don't like that. It's a it's a non cursing show. It can be freaking depressing, right? F R E A K, whatever you spell freaking. New Year's is everything to me because it has the potential to start over, a blank slate, and recovery. All we really want is the ability to start over like i know that in my addiction i dug a horrible hole and i just wanted to get out of that hole and getting out of a hole is not so easy it's it's a climb and 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 it's it's a process it's a climb and if the new year is the time for you to try to get out of that hole i say great for me i got out of the hole like seven years ago but it's like scraping and inching up the side of the hole to get out. And then once I'm out, you got to get away from the hole, put up signs that say danger hole. And if you see somebody else that falls into the hole, you got to jump in the hole and show them how to get out or else they're never going to get out of the hole. And, and so, you know, that's a long winded, not great answer to your question. I'm very excited for new years. I think every day is an opportunity to start over and New Year's is is my favorite one. Everyone puts me down for liking New Year's, but I'm psyched, Brad. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Do you have any big goals
1: that you want to share with us? Oh, my God. I just have goals, right? My first goal is to eliminate dessert, right? Dessert must be eliminated in the new year, or at least heavily curtailed. Then I need to eliminate the post-dessert snack eliminated. And then maybe the pre-bedtime extra sweet has to go. (laughs) Aside from that, my goals are, you know what, this week, right? It was was between Christmas and New Year's. So a lot of people take the week off to be with their families. And I didn't do that. I did a ton of work and I'm seeing that that was not necessarily the right thing to do. And I'm feeling unbalanced because I put so much effort into my work and not as much into my family. So, one of the goals, and I think it's my biggest goal this year, is to find balance. You know, is to find balance between my work life, my professional life, and of course, my snacking life. I need that balance. That's my goal.
0: Love that. So, Dave's going on a health kick for the new year. Incredible stuff. Yes. Paul,
1: I'm wondering too,
0: you've worked with people for countless years, people that, struggling with addiction, is there is there anything you can put a finger on that really is
2: helpful for people heading into the new year?
0: Well, I want to
2: say something what Dave mentioned, that this idea of, of a balanced life, uh, you know, it's one of the main subjects we talk about when somebody has probably around five months clean, you know, is how do you balance your life out? because you either do too much one thing or too little of another. And in that, I think the most important thing was self-care. You know, it's like you can't neglect that. You know, we're going to be talking about going back to the basics. And we find that if you neglect yourself, then, you know, you'll eventually like burn out or hit a wall. And then that's a dangerous place for people, because then you look to the quick and easy, which is the drugs and alcohol to kind of take away the stress and the anxiety and the fears and, you know, you're just like feeling overwhelmed. So I I would say that this year really starting off is how do you have a balanced life, keeping that, you know, in a place where there's self-care involved in that. Um, And people who are starting off, you know, it's a little different thing. It's about getting stable, getting connected. You know, it's connection with people is critical. And and especially if you're leaving a whole world of friendships, right? Things you did, even though it was crazy, it's important to, when you let go of that, replace it with something. And that is with good people, good activities. And so I I think that's, that's really something I want to just point out. I think it's really important.
0: Yeah. No, I can relate to that definitely on my own journey there. Yeah. You have a lot of time to fill up creating those connections. And I'm hearing that a lot on the Sober Buddy app too. To where we're foster- that that community there is leaning on each other to connect with each other through our meetings, through the communities, through the direct message feature. Incredible stuff. Tara, yeah. what do you got going on for the new year? what, what do you what, How do you look at things?
3: Okay, I'm a big, I love New year, but I have that this is my constant struggle. I'm not gonna lie. is that have you ever heard that quote, you can do anything but you can't do everything? And that has been like the thing I've wrestled with my entire life. I'm like super hungry for life. I want to do everything, (laughs) but I'm always like, I'm going to do like 10 epic things at one time. And I, and obviously I can't, you burn out. (laughs) And so then I set these huge, massive goals. Like I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do this with my business. I'm going to do this with fitness. I'm going to travel. Like last year I booked this trip to Argentina, Argentina, like this adventure trip. And I had to cancel it because I had no time or energy when it actually came to it to go on the trip. So like a month before the trip, I'm like, what am I thinking? There's no time or energy in my life to do this and I have to cancel. So for me, the big thing that I've been learning this past year has been along those same lines with the balance is that it's okay for me to value the little things. Like it's okay for me to value the grounding things that keep me stable in life, you know, like I was talking about my morning routine or like I go to only one restaurant, like for lunch. If I'm gonna go to lunch from my office, I will go to one place and I order one of two things. And that's crazy. Like everyone's always like you order the same thing, but it's grounding for me because I'm doing so many other things that take emotional energy that having these little grounding things and then putting a lot of value on them and kind of putting a fence around them saying, like, like Dave was saying, put up signs so you don't fall back in the hole. It's like me putting up signs saying, no, you are not allowed to change this routine because it's grounding me. So I think having that, those kind of cornerstone things that keep you connected to self and keep you connected to just peace so that when everything else is going on in your life, you can kind of handle it. And I think going back to that, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. I think a lot of times when first getting sober, like, like Megan was talking about when the groups, a lot of people are saying I have like 10 goals and one of them is to get sober. And I'm also going to become the healthiest person ever. But a lot of times it's just the one thing like focus on your sobriety. And if that's the only thing that you do, it's going to change your life. You know, and you can do that. You can do anything but you can't do everything at once. So I think that that's a really cool lesson I would say for the new year is focus on, focus on your sobriety. And if that means that you Netflix binge for 24 hours a day, just to stay sober, you're still making progress, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's incredible. I I think it's a, maybe an Oprah quote about you can have everything, but you can't have it all at once. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Same, same sort of idea I get from it, but no, that's incredible. I mean, one thing to focus on that you're going to head into the new year with, you're probably more likely to have a better outcome with that type goal. Megan, you have just celebrated two years on the 26th of December. Huge congrats, by the way. How will you be ringing in the new year? First
4: of all, thank you so much. I I it's literally flown by. I can't believe it's been two years already. I honestly don't have huge plans for the actual New Year's Eve. Um, I'm probably going to order some sushi takeout and just stay in and, and relax and chill. And there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think we're so like trained from society that like, it's the big night to go out. And if you're not going out, then you're a loser and you're boring. But I don't, I I don't, feel like that's the case, you know, I think it's, it's okay to stay in and to just and lay low, especially um, early on. And if you're early on in sobriety, like just stay in and um, just reflect on the past year and what, what you're going to do going forward, starting on um, January 1st.
0: Yeah. That's really important too. If you're not up for it, we, we had our group right before this. so I'm kind of, that's where I'm kind of at thinking, we had our group, but we had a lot of great suggestions about, you know, just not going for events. But if you do go for events, have plans, you know, have people support that you can text, you can do check-ins with people that can help you drive yourself if that's possible so you can leave when you want. And and you can just stay home and hang out. I think I think back to that, I'm thinking like, yeah, they do sell it. It is sold as this big day to let loose and celebrate mean, in the new year. And I'm thinking when I used to do that, I don't even remember it. And the next day it was just, it was just really bad. So I'm thinking like, it's so, it's such a blessing to wake up that first day of the new year, feel refreshed, feel good. And just really get at it. Like just to feel like you're present for that day. Well, a majority of the world is going to wake up around one or two and wonder what train hit them, you know? So it's definitely <laughs> a blessing to, for me personally, to not, with that but yeah i'll just be staying in i'm with you megan be staying in i don't know about sushi but maybe pizza maybe chinese food i'm just thinking the kids they they hate this they they won't eat the sushi so i gotta find something for them but
4: yeah see my my eight-year-old loves sushi and he created a monster i think with that um so he'll you know join me in that and also back to um, you know staying in, I think, and having a plan. You know, I've I've heard the saying, um, "Fail to plan, then plan to fail." Like if you don't have a plan, it's you know then that's when bad stuff happens. So have a plan down to like what you're going to do if you do go out, what you're going to say to people if they ask why you're not drinking, how you're going to get home, have an escape plan. Like just really planning is is so important. It really it it really is. It sounds so simple. Um, and then something else, else I wanted to just touch on quick with the new year, um, and Tara kind of mentioned this, but is we tend to take on so many things for the new year, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna quit drinking, we're gonna cut out sugar, we're gonna go on this like new diet, we're gonna join this new gym, start a new workout, We we come in like bad out of hell like trying to do everything and so like excited and then it, it's going to fizzle out right away cuz it's too much we're taking on too many new things and then we we get burnt out so really just focus on one thing and especially if you if it is new to to be sober just focus on that don't worry about anything else really and um and sometimes you know and if you're waiting for the motivation for something to happen in your life, or to get the motivation to start something new, you'll be waiting forever because motivation doesn't just drop out of thin air and and land on you. Um, we always think that it's like motivation, um, action, results, but it's it's different. It's action. You have to take action for anything to happen, and it's it's action first, then results, and then the motivation comes after we we see it. So just stop waiting and just find something new, especially if um if you've never been to a support meeting just go you know like that's action doing that is huge and it really could just be a complete game changer for your entire life and especially for your sobriety so I feel like action is just something that's really important to focus on instead of just sitting around like thinking about what you could do just get off your butt and do it that's the only way you're going to change you know if nothing nothing changes then nothing changes so I feel like that's Kind of going to be my motto for the new year
0: awesome tara
4: you know i i
3: remember paul saying you know you don't have to be motivated you have to just be ready right and and there's a huge difference like i remember you talking about paul like people coming into The center, and there would be people who are like, I'm going after this, and I'm super motivated. And then there'd be people who were like brought there just kicking and screaming, like, I'm mandated to do this. I hate it. And then at the end of the day, you never know. Like, it could be the person who came in unmotivated, not wanting to do it, that ends up becoming the biggest advocate, the one who does the best. Cause after they started taking the actions, even when they didn't want to and saw the change in their life, they got motivated right? So the, the initial motivation was not the factor,
2: Paul. Yeah, it, we realize that motivation is not a predictor of outcome. You know, you think that somebody who's highly motivated will do better than somebody who's not. and And the key is really, once they stop, the person who does the things that make a difference, they're the ones that then eventually internalize it. So if you have external motivation, that is, if you don't get if you don't stop, you're gonna get a divorce, you're gonna lose your job, you know, you have these consequences, and that may sustain you for a period of time, but until you internalize it, where you realize, hey, my life is so much better now. I mean, I've got new friends, I'm working now, I'm making money. Now, now that's the motivation. But it comes after you take the action, like Megan and Ch- until you put it into. Some form of, of a, you know, you could see, you can measure like a behavior. You do this consistently, consistently going to meetings, getting up, doing what you got to do to take care of yourself, and then all of a sudden, wow, all these things start happening—the good things—because you're taking the action. So, motivation tends to lag behind, and you don't you don't always look to it to get you through. It's the determination and the choice of making you know, the right ones to do so and so and so and so, you know, those things that help you in your recovery. That's true.
4: Yeah. Also on that topic as well, um, that we always think that it's willpower and discipline and everything like that. But really, I think it's consistency consistently showing up for yourself and a commitment to yourself every day. So start with something small. I actually was talking with Dave about this the other day that just starting your morning with something simple, but just doing it every day and creating that new habit. So I think, you know, with the new year, new year, maybe if you haven't been like doing journaling or, you know, you, you didn't think it would help or meditation, whatever it is, you know, just set your alarm clock for five minutes and just commit to yourself that you're going to do that every day for you know, whatever it is for 30 days and just and showing up for yourself and rebuilding that trust. Like I just did that for 30 days, you know, something simple. So I think a lot of it is just is commitment. It's, it's not, you know, white knuckling it and all that only goes so well. So it's a, oh, yeah. it's a daily commitment to yourself every day, wake up and look in the mirror and say, I'm not going to drink today. You know, this, I, you know, and, uh, that that's helped me a lot in the last few years.
2: Yeah, and I want to say the way you do this is you schedule your day. Like the night before the day, you sit down and you go, when am I going to get up? You know, if it's 7 o'clock, when you have breakfast. I mean, all the little things that you do, if it's planned, you're more likely to follow through with it than if you just kind of have it some spontaneous, well, well, I don't know, when I wake up, I'll figure out what I'm going to do. No, that's your first key. Right when someone comes scheduling your day and just follow through with the schedule because that puts it into an action and it makes all the difference
0: the scheduling your day every rehab i worked at or was a resident at scheduling every single day was something we did everywhere that was a very that was a common theme everywhere to where every hour every 30 minutes every 45 minutes was and then you carry that on i mean it's there for a reason right it's for that structure And it's for that commitment that you can make the day before to what you're going to do. And then you follow that through, but also to touch on what Megan said too, I love that about the journaling idea because journaling is not, is not the hardest thing to do. And it seems like it's so small, but I find in, in my story, my journey, these things that might appear like they were small and they wouldn't have a big impact actually made the biggest difference because you know why? Because I was able to follow through with them other than when I set these big gigantic goals to achieve 30 days or 90 days of sobriety that seems so far out of reach when I started. But journaling every day, I could do that and I could feel good about that. And I could feel good about the the scheduling and I could feel good about those little things. And I slowly but surely started to build some confidence that I could do more with my life than what I was doing. I heard in the meeting today too, one, one guy shared, one fella shared too he's got 10 goals for the new year and this, this fella had 29 years sober and one through 10 was to stay sober and i just thought it was so incredible and it was a great example for all of us all of us newer people that that really helps in his journey to really provide for his family and to keep everything else together because without that right from his experience things you know, you start to lose things. So I thought that was
3: cool. I have a question. Did he read them all like goal number one? Stay sober. Goal number two, stay sober. Goal number three, because that would have been epic.
0: <laughs> he went until three. But after three, we all nodded our head like we know, we know what the next seven are going to be.
1: Yeah.
0: And then went into the kind of the explaining part too about, you know, why that's so important. And it was a great example, I think, because we had people with. One day, three days, you know, all different stuff, curious people. And I think it was just a really good example of. What sobriety can definitely deliver, like to me, I took from it that because of being sober and doing doing the work, all other areas of our lives get better. It was just incredible in a good way, I think a good way to put it for the new year that other stuff will fall into place. So Paul, I'm wondering, I'm wondering too, because there's a lot of people listen to this podcast who are struggling, right? Whether they have a certain amount of time sober, or they might be considering getting sober. They're thinking Mm. about it. And this might be the year or the time that they do it. What type of advice would you have for somebody in that position?
2: Well, you know, there's the issue of the level of care, you know, um, which is really important that you get that level that will sustain you, that will get you through the initial, like, stopping and withdrawals. And that may mean going to a treatment facility. I mean, if you need a detox because you're a heavy user, and to stop on your own may be put you at risk, but also make it very difficult. So I would probably recommend that if you're – if if you want, depending on, you know, the years of use is to uh, make an appointment and talk to somebody who's like a professional is doing an evaluation as to what would be the best appropriate level of care for you. You know, if it's not as severe, I mean, we have even the sober buddy app, you know, we have that uh, section when you, when you first start off, these are the things you need to do to get stable and to get clean and sober. And we have those challenges that could do that. And some people work well with that. So I I think initially, you know, kind of figure out where you're at and what level of care you need. I think that's important.
0: What do you think, Megan? If, someone, if someone's struggling, say they've got 90 days, but they're struggling to get the next one.
4: Yeah, I would say do something different. Try something different. Go to meetings. <laughs> that really just... It was such a, it really was a, a game changer for me to do that and to connect with other people. So I would say if you are struggling to continue on, like you're just, you find yourself just like crawling towards that, that next day or to that next goal mark that you have is to add something to your toolbox, something that you already have, um, something that you haven't been doing yet. And that usually I feel like helps and will get you to that, that next step. For me, actually, I had I did 100 days on my own Well, with doing meetings, and then I started medication at 100 days. So it was just, you know, I felt like I was wavering, needed more help at that point. So I think just like recognizing that you need to add something else to what you're doing, and I think that that, that should help.
0: Awesome. Tara,
4: what do you think
0: of, on this subject of groups and support groups and meetings? What do you think is so powerful about support groups
3: well i think there's multiple things i think the zoom element has really opened up another layer to meetings because if you're not ready to you know there's a lot of emotional risk when you go to meet meet a new group of people right it's like being the first it's like your first day at school you know you're the new kid And I think that that can feel scary, especially if you're new to that area, new to sobriety, you don't know what to expect. And I think the idea of zoom where you can keep your mic and your camera off, you know, and you can observe and just kind of check it out if you need to, is a really cool element that virtual meetings have brought us, you know, but I think the big thing that happens in a meeting is you realize you are not alone. The biggest pain in a human is feeling alone. And if you can go there and you can see yourself and other people and realize that that is a human thing to be, it's not just you. It's not because you just can't pull it together. It's not because you are this epic failure. It's something that's happening to other humans. Then all of a sudden, you can allow that to exist in yourself and you can release it and you can start to deal with it, you know, and it's not just this pain point that you're, that you can't face. And so I think that story and seeing other people is a huge connection point. And that's why everyone says, don't isolate, get into these meetings. Like we were talking last night in our group that Luke had waited five years. He was so ashamed of his sobriety that he did it alone for five years. He says he was hiding his sobriety. And then he's the one regret he has once he started getting involved in the sober community is that he did not get involved earlier because he found it to be just this incredible community and he thinks it would have been so much easier to get sober if he'd had that community. So I think that's a huge thing with meetings.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I can agree 100%. The uh, The part of not being alone on the journey and not doing it yourself and that you don't have to do it yourself. Like there's people that can support you and help you out. And I just think people sharing stories too. And that's what this podcast is all about is people coming on here and sharing their stories. And I believe there's so much power in that. And then it really can unlock things for other people to where if they can identify and hear a part of their story and somebody else's story, then you can start to believe that something else is possible for you. We hear it a lot with like motivation. We have a lot of the guys who started out with nothing and then they've made it somewhere. And we all are drawn to that story from nothing to something type stuff. And then we hear like, they had single parents or they had this or this and then we're like, man, they went through it. Like I can do that. I can do that stuff. And I think the same thing for for a sobriety journey.
4: Yeah, exactly. Um, everything that Tara just said, I, I totally agree with. And like I've seen the power. I mean, I felt it myself by showing up to my first ever meeting, which was so scary for me. And it was on Zoom because it was the middle of the pandemic. So there really wasn't anything in person. And I won't ever forget that first meeting I went to. And I left. I was like, wow. I, I, this whole time I thought I was the only person struggling with this, this, the only woman, the only mom, and there was over 200 women on this call. And it just gave me such hope. And now, you know, I've been hosting meetings for about a year and a half and, and doing the sober, hosting the sober buddy meetings. I see someone come in at their first meeting, and they're so broken. And it's exactly how I felt. And then slowly they keep coming and you see them coming back to life. It, it's just so amazing to witness. So the power of connection and just realizing that you're not alone, it's, it's huge. it It's amazing to see. I also think that there's a practicality
3: that happens in the meetings. Like sometimes there's just like we have all these. It's so powerful to connect everything. But sometimes someone will say something like, hey, if you're if you're really struggling, go take a hot shower you know, or like go for a walk or there's just like little practical things. Like even we were talking about the rubber band, the snapping rubber band that you were talking about, Paul, or just like these little tips and tricks of how people got through, um, a certain difficult time or how people get through the holidays or how they were hanging out at the, at the 12 step meeting, you know, all Christmas and all. And so just hearing those actual practical things, which happen in the meetings is also super helpful.
0: Yes. Paul, oh, what what is your thought? What's so powerful about attending support meetings?
2: You know, it's funny because I was the one usually running the groups. <laughs> and I was on the other side of taking the journey with people, you know, and the recovery and the struggles and 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 being part of that. And I was as I was listening to you guys, I was thinking one of the things for me personally about working with people and seeing the change is that I, I had ran a clinic for 17 years before I went on and did uh, international training. And every once in a while, somebody would show up that I had treated 10 years ago, or 15 years ago. And to hear their story was just amazing. With, you know, when they started off, I mean, they were just a wreckage. I mean, just in so many ways. And all of a sudden, how they got their life back together, how they continued in their recovery, you know, helping other people, you know, new relationships, jobs, career, children. I mean, it goes on. And you just go, wow. You know, this really is amazing to see the change in people's lives. It's radical changes for the good you know and and uh, and that's because of connection because people stepped out connected with one another got the support they needed and continued on so i kind of have that perspective of you know this band of like from one day to you know 15 17 years in fact even today i i still sometimes see people that are on facebook that were former clients and we're probably 25 years since I worked with them and they're, and they're doing great. They're in the, you know, they're, they're working with other people and they're in recovery. So yeah, things can change for the good. That is the truth.
0: Well, everyone, I hope you enjoy this episode and it helps you start out your new year on the right foot, sober, full of life, and just really enjoying this journey that you're on. I also want to say a huge thank you. Thank you to everybody who has supported the podcast. It's fairly new, and we just hit our 50,000th download today. So I want to say thank you, and I also want to say thank you for everybody who has supported Sober Buddy. Most of you know I've been working with Sober Buddy for several years as we are building a community virtually that people can get and give support and hope 24-7. And we're closer now than we've ever been to that goal. So if you haven't given it a chance yet, check out the Sober Buddy app. We have the daily meetings in there where we get together, we support each other. They have been nothing short of incredible. So if you need help on your sober journey, or you're in a place where you want to help support others, check out the app. And from the Sober Buddy team, Happy New Year. I want to leave you with this. We had a Sober Bunny hosted Zoom meeting last night with over 80 participants. Everybody in the group at the end was asked to start a sentence with, this is the last year, and then they put next something they want to leave behind in 2022, and they're not taking with them in 2023. This was all kicked off from Luke, Marathon to Sobriety, and this is what everybody shared so inspirational happy new year and i hope you enjoy it and i'll see you next year
2: this
1: is the last year i second guess myself
0: this is the last year that i sell myself short
1: last year i will stop uh, not forgiving myself
3: the last year that i doubt myself this is the last year i worry about things that aren't in my control anymore This is the
4: last year I will tolerate people pushing my boundaries. This is the last year I will tolerate less than I deserve.
0: The last year I will stop dwelling over the past.
4: Last year, I will doubt myself.
1: Last year that I will learn to stay with myself and not run away.
4: The last year I let my past mistakes dictate my worth. This is the last year that I stop blaming the past and accept the brighter future.
3: This is the last time
4: that
0: I allow toxic people and situations in my life.
1: The last year that I worry about what others think of me.
4: This is the last year I try and change other people. This is the last year that I talk negatively to myself.
1: This is the last year that I doubt the incredible power of community.
2: This is the last year that I'm going to worry about the future.
1: This is the last year that I tolerate my friends making horrible jokes
4: about my sobriety.
1: Happy New Year!
0: What are you leaving behind in 2022? Send me a message on Instagram, at SoberMotivation. I would love to hear from you.